1: 225-274-1607, or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word.
0: Let's pray together tonight. Are you ready? Let's pray together. And God's ask God's blessing upon our finances, upon our lives as we just go through this course. Can we have some more light at the Fred? Light, is that possible? I know our computer crashed earlier, um, but hopefully we can. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray that God, you would just undertake for this service tonight. That, God, you would truly really be with us tonight and speak through our hearts, into our hearts tonight, God, and just to touch us. Because, God, for this next month on a Wednesday night, we're going to be talking about worry-free financing. God, how we can have the right perspective on finance and, God, what you want it to be in our lives. And, God, we just pray that you would be with us tonight, that you would just undertake in every circumstance, in every situation, in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. So we're really excited for this next month. We're going to be doing a workshop on finances. I'm going to be speaking, obviously, tonight. Mr. Dan is going to be speaking next Wednesday. And then the last Wednesday of the course, Pete is going to be speaking for us. It's going to be a three-week course. And I really want you to make a commitment to be here each and every time. So we're going to be talking about teaching you on finances, getting your finances in the proper order. How many would believe, or how many would agree with me that that's an important subject. It's important to get our finances where they need to be because there are many great subjects that can be taught in church. And thank God for the spiritual context of, of the subjects that we're taught. But I think sometimes we neglect the practical things in the house and the practical things can be just as important because it affects us spiritually. So nothing affects you perhaps more, as we're going to discover tonight, than the financial realm. And what can happen in regards to that? So again, I challenge you, make a commitment to be here with us each week. Take notes, be willing to learn and change. A lot of people are willing and say, I'm willing, but we want to see change. We don't want to just see a willingness to change. We need to see a change. We need a transformation like we talked about Sunday morning in our minds, but also in our checking books. Come on, in our bank accounts in our no credit cards, and all those kind of things. So we need to have not only a renewed mind, but we also need to have financial discipline in each one of our lives. Let me ask you all a question tonight. Has any of you ever worried about money? Just look around, keep your hand up and just look around you. Okay? You're not alone. You can put your hand... We have all faced stressful financial situations in our life which have or which are presently right now, if you're in one of those, they're resulting in numerous things happening in our life. What happens when we're under financial stress and worry? We're burdened. We're down. We get depressed. Come on, we're broke. We begin to fight with our spouse. We begin to fight with other people around. We're not able to answer our phone. Why? It may be a debt collector calling me. So all these problems arise making us really ultimately feel like we're a failure. And then the enemy comes in and says, if God is a blesser, Then, where is God and why is He not blessing your life? So, all these things can result and happen and and begin to cause questions in our mind. I looked at one of the definitions there is of worry, and there's a lot of definitions of worry, but I love this one. Are you ready? The definition of worry is to strangle or to choke. To strangle or to choke. I think that's pretty accurate. There, when we worry about our finance, when we come under stress. Because worry leaves us merely surviving rather than thriving. God wants us to thrive, not to survive. And we can sing that song, I'm a survivor. Listen, wrong theme. You're a thriver, not just a survivor. Come on. God wants you to thrive, not just to make it by the skin of your teeth. John 10, verse 10, we should all know this scripture. The thief comes to what? steal, kill and to destroy. But God says that's not the end. God says I have come that you may have what? Life. Can you believe the life that he's talking about there is not only spiritually but also financially? Can you believe that? Because when Jesus died, he didn't just die for us spiritually, he died for every aspect of our life. And Jesus said, I have come that you may have life in your finances and not just a mere existence or just a little bit. God says you can have more of abundance. How many would like some abundance in their finance? God says, that's what I want you to thrive. I want you to be blessed. God says, I want you to have a worry-free life. Yes, there's still going to be concerns, but we don't allow those concerns to consume us because that's what worry does. It consumes us. It's more than just a concern. So our goal throughout this course over the next few weeks is to separate worry from your finances so you no longer feel that they're inseparable because for many of us, worry and finances seem to go hand in hand. So turn with me to John chapter 8 verses 31 through 32 it says this we're going to have it on the screen it says this if you abide in my word Jesus speaking you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free listen to another translation says it this way if you hold on to my teaching you really are my disciples Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. If you hold on to my teachings, Jesus says. I wonder what that really means. What do you think that means to hold on? It means to believe what he teaches in the Bible is the truth. And that we allow those principles to guide our lives. Did you catch that? When we say that we're holding on to the truth, it means that we believe that they are truth that God records in his Bible, in his word to us. And what we also believe is this, that we grab a hold and we allow those principles to guide our life. And what is the result? The Bible says that that truth will set us free, that it will bring freedom to us. Those who choose to live according to God's word will live in freedom consistently in their life. One said it this way, and I really love this. Not only do we have the opportunity as children of God to live in freedom, it's actually our responsibility. It's not only an opportunity... It's a responsibility, that which God requires of us. Listen, it's not a privilege or a benefit. Freedom is a calling. It's not something I have to earn. It's something I can have. It's not a benefit, it's something, it's a calling. It's that what God has called us to do. And God wants us to be part of living and walking in freedom because part of living worthy is walking in the freedom of God. And a free person, as we read in John 8, verse 31 through 32, is a person who is free and not limited by anything, including their past mistakes. Don't you love that? that God's freedom He wants to bring into your life is despite your past. But instant freedom doesn't always happen, especially when it comes to finance, because it takes us many months and years to perhaps get in a bad spot. And many times the relief from that is not immediate. They say you don't solve money problems with money. Some of you would say right now, if only I had $10,000 that would solve all my problems. No, it would just pay off your debt and just give you the license to create some more. It would just because the first thing you would do is you paid off those credit cards. You'd say, now I can go and buy those shoes I want. And now I can go and do this because now at least I'm not so bad in debt as I was. So sometimes the relief and the freedom is not always immediate, but it's a process that God wants to produce over time. And the reason why God does things like that over time is because He can use those things to work something in or out of your life. He wants to work some things in you, but He also wants to work some things out of you. And through that process of freedom that's available, spiritual freedom is immediate. Give your life to Christ, there's freedom in Christ. But financial freedom and some other areas in our life, there's a process. But each and every day, as long as we're moving on, come on, we're being successful. Success is not getting to the end. Success is being one step closer each and every day. That's success. It's enjoying the journey too. It's not just arriving. It's how you arrive and what God wants to do in our lives. I was reading some stats And it really blew me away. Let me give you some stats tonight when it comes to finance and it comes to debt and and the bondage and the lack of freedom that we are in as this nation. Listen to this. 80%, they tell us, 80% of Americans worry about money all the time. 80% of Americans worry about money all the time. 70% of American households live paycheck to paycheck one unexpected situation away from a financial collapse, 70%. The consumer debt in this nation, mainly by credit cards, is nearing $2.8 trillion, $2.8 trillion. 57% of American homes end in divorce, with couples saying financial problems was the number one problem. 57% of marriages that fail is as a result of finance and the pressure. Think about that. Over half of the marriages that fail around us today is because of finance was the primary reason. And these aren't just stats. These are what? These are real life stories of people that are happening all around us. And I want to remind you, God's plan is for you and I to walk in freedom which I believe is not only spiritually, but it's practically in your finances, and in your life, and in your future. He doesn't want us to be constantly worrying and struggling to make ends meet. As you look at the Bible when it has reference to finance and different things, did you realize that there are over 2,000 scriptures that deal with money? Over 2,000 scriptures that deal with money. And that's pretty amazing when you think there's only 500 that have to do with prayer and not even 500 that have to do with faith. So there's less than 1,000 scriptures on prayer and faith in the Bible and more than 2,000 on money. More than double the scriptures. The Bible addresses more often than heaven and hell combined. 16 of the 38 parables that Jesus told deal with money management. Why is this? Because money is a test. And it's a test that every one of us needs to pass. So as I said, over the next three weeks, we're going to study three biblical principles that have the potential to change your life and your financial situation. They have the potential, means they're able to if you'll apply them. And you've got to live by them. These are catalysts of freedom. They're that which will spark, begin to ignite freedom and release into your body. But understand this. They must all be consistently applied to receive the blessings and the benefit God wants us to experience. Because here's where we go many times in our life. We want to get out of debt and we're good for a month. But then we see that pair of shoes that we want. Or we see that and we can say, well, next month I'll just make sure I do more. There has to be a discipline from day one to be able to break free. And it's not that you can't ever get that new pair of shoes. It's not that you can't ever get those things. Because we can show you methods and ways of an envelope system that can help you do that. It may take you a few months to build up, but you can reward yourself with those kind of things. But we've got to be very careful because we want to apply some principles and not others. But for us to see the complete freedom that God has in our lives, we've got to apply the whole truth of God. And we've got to apply each one of these principles. And I am really excited that we're going to see great things happen. So here's the three steps that we're going to talk about. Are you ready? Here's our finance, worry-free finance. Are you ready? Number one, tithe consistently. Tithe consistently. Number two, manage responsibly. And number three, build a spirit of generosity. Oh, Pastor Philip, I thought you were going to tell me how to balance my checkbook. That's just a symptom. We're getting to the root causes right here. We're getting down to the root cause of why we struggle. Number one, we've got to tithe consistently. Number two, we've got to manage our finances responsibly. And number three, we've got to build a spirit of generosity. So tonight I want to talk about step number one. If you want worry-free finances, here's the foundation, here's the principle, here's where it starts. Begin to tithe. Tithe consistently. Tithe consi- Oh, Pastor Philip, I thought this was about giving. I thought you were going to help me. How can giving help me get? Listen. Wait till you see the truths from God's words. There's probably nothing finer you can be taught outside of salvation than this. And in fact, I've really asked myself that. If I was to be able to leave three legacies, three things for my children, what would be the most important three things that I would want to leave for my children? You ready? Here's the three things I would leave. Number one, salvation. I would want them to have more than anything else a relationship with God. To live with God. The second thing, that if I could only leave them three things, the second thing I would leave them is the power of the Holy Spirit. That they would function in the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. That they would be accompanied. They would be infilled and dwelled with power from on high. And the third thing that I would leave my kids is tithe. The importance of giving to God, because I'm telling you, salvation, the Holy Spirit, and giving God his tithe equals a blessed life, equals an absolute life of blessing. And again, I know some of you are thinking right now, man, I would have stayed at home tonight if I'd known he was talking about tithing. But I want you to hear something tonight. I believe you're going to hear truths that are going to set you on your pathway to absolute victory and freedom in your life. How many of you would agree with me tonight? that building a foundation is very vital for anything to grow. Anyone disagree with that? It's important to have the proper foundation because it provides what? It provides a secure starting point for future progress and it lays the groundwork for long-term strength and success. God's foundation for spiritual, financial, Blessing, freedom in your life. I believe the greatest freedom you can have financially is by laying the foundation of tithing in your life. It has to be your first step. Oh, Pastor Philip, I'm going to get my finances right and then I'm going to give God. Listen, you need God to help you get your finance straight. You need God to be included in your world and that's what tithing does. It welcomes God into your world. Tithing is a principle that's mentioned throughout the entirety of God's Word. Starting by Abraham, we see it all the way through to Jesus. We see it even still now as we've been taught it and understanding the benefits. So what is tithe? What does it mean to tithe? Tithe is simply this, a tenth. Ten percent. So tithing is really giving the first ten percent of your income to God through the local church. Malachi 3 verse 10 tells us that. It says, look, bring all the tithe, not just some, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. The word storehouse there means your church, your local church, where you're at right here. Bring all your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this. God says, test me, literally put me to the test says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings. I love that. God's not just interested in blessings. He has such blessings that what? There will not be room enough to receive them. Doesn't sound like our bank account. Doesn't sound like our finance. Doesn't sound like our financial situation. And in each of these principles or keys, each week you're going to discover something. You're going to discover a God principle and you're going to discover our commitment to it. So what is the God principle tonight? The God principle tonight is tithing. What is our commitment to it? Our commitment is to consistently bring the first 10% of our income to God. To place it in the local church. Every one of you should have got a calculator, one per family. Take out that calculator right now. Press the on button. I hope it works. If it doesn't, just act like it does, just for the fun of it. And here's what I want you all to do right now, okay? I want you all to work out what your gross income is, okay? What is your gross income? For some of you might now, you may get paid weekly. If you get paid weekly, put in your gross. Not your net, what you get, your gross income. Put that in. If you get paid bi-weekly, put that down. If you get paid once a month, put that down. Put it down in the calculator, okay? Following along, put in that income. Are you ready? So if you are paid weekly, times that amount by four. If you are paid bi-weekly, pay times that by two. If you're paid monthly, don't times it by anything. Okay? Hit the equals. Now divide it by 10. Divide that by 10. And right there in front of you is the tithe that is God's. That's the tithe. Now if you want to multiply that by 12, that's great. See how much you're going to have the privilege and the honor of at least being able to give and bring into the house This year, I wonder if that amount that you see on your calculator was the amount that you had on your contribution statement just a few months ago. I wonder if you were faithful in your giving. I'm telling you, a step to freedom, financial freedom, the first step has to begin with tithe and being consistent with that. That's your tithe. And I want to tell you something right now. You ready? Your tithe is not up to you to decide how much it is. Your tithe has already been decided by God. Uh, And I'm telling you stuff right now. I want you to know this. Some of you may say, oh, I know why churches preach this, because they just want my money. Listen, we don't need your money, but you need God's blessing. And that comes through obedience to this. But I really believe that as we see people all over this church, I believe that when we see 100% tithing in this church, we're going to see 100% miracles. I believe that. I believe that we're going to see the manifested presence of God because people will be committed because we're going to see in a minute where your treasure is, your heart's going to be right there. Yeah. So, so what do we see? It's non-negotiable. We don't decide how much is my tithe. It's determined upon how much I earn. And notice I said gross income because I really believe, and there's no chapter and verse in this, but I believe God should get off the top, not off the bottom. And that's how, I, that's how I tithe and Kelly and I tithe. We tithe off the top. Because God shouldn't get after the government's taken theirs and after my pension's got it and just everything like that. Because if I want the blessing on everything of my life, then I need to tithe from the top. Just really believe that. Not putting you in bondage with that. But I think it's really good too how God says 10% because 10% is pretty easy to figure out. And he makes it easy for us who maybe aren't so smart. And that's why we've given you calculators so you can take them home and you can work with them. But what does God say? Remember in that scripture, look at Malachi 3.10. What does God say? God says, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Can I paraphrase that for you right now? God's saying, bring the whole percent, not a part of it, into my house. That's what God's saying right there. Yeah. Don't, don't tip me. Don't rob me. Because that's what he says. Have you robbed me? And how have we robbed you? In our tithes and in our offerings, you've robbed me. And now what? Read it for yourself later in Malachi. And it says, now you're cursed with a curse. We can get upset and mad about people. My boss is not paying me enough. And this is not how I'm telling you right now. If you want to see multiplication and blessing in your finances, begin to apply this principle. And you'll be amazed at how far the little will go when God's blessing and God's hand is upon it. Okay? So it's the tithe that provides what? What does it say? As you give your tithe, there may be food in my house. As we give to the house, and I've got to say this, God's very specific here to give to your storehouse. Notice he says bring, not send. Bring all the tithes. If you want to send it to world missions, that's fine, but that's not your tithe. That's above your tithe. That's your offerings. You bring your tithe into the storehouse and then you send your offerings out from that. God is very specific about this. For what reason? God says, if everyone pays their tithe, there is going to be provision for us to be able to do everything. I would love right now to be able to walk into a dealership right now with someone that we're negotiating for a new building. I'd love to walk in and say, I don't need a bank. I don't need no one to finance it. We've got all the money we need in the bank because in our church, People are faithful and they give. And here's a check. We want to buy the property right outright. That is possible. Things are possible because it's equal sacrifice. Well, my couple of hundred bucks. Hey, if everyone's got a couple of hundred bucks, that turns into a few thousand. And over the process of time, that begins to multiply. So God says, bring it so there'll be food in my house. You don't know, but I'm telling you right now, last year as a church, we gave away almost 33% of our income we gave away to missions, benevolence and help. That's a third of our income we gave away to help people, to reach out. And if someone was to look at our financial books of our church, that would be the only thing that they would be able to pinpoint that would be unhealthy in their words. Because they would say, you're giving away too much. Hello? That's what they would say, you're giving away too much. But that's our heart. And you see, the more that we get in, the more we're able to touch, and the more we're able to do, and the more we're able to be for God. And that's why another thing too, that's why you need to be committed to a local house because where's your storehouse if you're not in church? You need to be in church. And I'll tell you why you need to be in church. Psalms 92, I believe it's 13 and 14 tells us those who are planted in the house of God, they're going to flourish. They're going to grow. They're going to be successful. They're going to be blessed. Those who are planted in the house, get planted. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better be planted. But again, look at Malachi 3 verse 10. God encourages us also. What does God also encourage us to do? God says, test me. Try me now. Put him to the test. And the test he's asking us to put him to is this. If we bring our first 10%, he promises that he'll pass the test. And what will he do? He'll open the floodgates, the windows of heaven. And he'll pour out such a blessing. God is serious about coming through for you if you'll do your part. Let me say that one more time. i got three amens. God is serious about coming through for you if you will do your part. But here's the thing. Are you ready? We go first. We go first. You see, we are the initiator and God is the responder. We initiate that and God responds back. That's what praise is too. I read that in the devotion. As we begin to praise and initiate, God responds back and He sends His presence and His blessing down. So tithing is bringing back to God what is already His. It's already His. Leviticus 27 verse 30. And all the tithe of the land whether of the seed of the land, of the fruit of the tree, is what? It's the Lord's. And it is holy. It is set apart. It is God's. It's not ours to touch. It's not ours to mess with. It's not ours to determine how much we should give. He's already told us that. And we've got to give that to God. In other words, it's not ours to do with as we please. It's not ours. It's His. In fact, it's all His. He just lets us keep 90%. That's how good God is. But in our way of thinking, are you ready? Here's our stinking thinking that we're trying throughout this month to to get away from. In our way of thinking, we may say, well, what's the harm in keeping that 10%? It may seem harmless to keep it, you may say. But I want to tell you right now, in the end, it isn't ever going to work out in your favor. Because if you keep what belongs to God, you are stealing from God. And you are robbing the hand that wants to feed you and wants to bless your life. And hold that thought on favor because we're coming back to it because we're going to see the favor that tithing releases into our life. So tithing is simply returning to God what already belongs to Him. Tithing is a test. We talked about that earlier. But what is it a test of? It's a test that will increase our faith. Right down that tithing is a test that will increase my faith. Why do we need faith? Hebrews eleven verse six tells us why we need faith. Are you ready? Look at this. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. How many would say faith's important then? Because if I I've got to have faith to please God. Come on, don't look at me crazy. I'm preaching the truth to you it's straight from God's word. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that what? That He is. That He exists. That it's the truth. It's the truth we know that will set us free. The freedom. We've got to believe that God is and that He is what? He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. He's a rewarder. So not only is faith essential for having a relationship with God because Hebrews 2, no, Ephesians 2 verse 8 and 9 says, without faith we can't serve God. Come on, we can't do it on our own. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. So we know we've got to have faith. It's essential for having a relationship with God. But I'm telling you right now, faith is also a necessity for walking in your financial freedom. Because tithing is faith. Giving is faith when you're not promised anything, and you have to give. Why? Because faith gives room for God to move in a supernatural way in us. Did you hear that? Faith gives God room to move in a supernatural way in us. When we live by faith and we live a life of faith... We tap into the supernatural. We do the natural, and God touches it with the super, and it becomes supernatural with God. You know what that means? When we call tapping into the supernatural, I've got to hold on to the pulpit because I'm going to run. Are you ready? Look at this. Write this down. What does it mean when we tap into the supernatural? It means God can do in His. It means what God can do in His unlimited power and ability. If we're tapping into the supernatural, it means that God can do whatever he needs to do with his unlimited power and ability. God is capable of doing so much more than you are. And tithing and bringing releases God by faith to be able to do that. Those of you who know what it is to live for God, and I pray that's everyone in this place today, I'm sure every one of us would agree today that living by faith doesn't mean that we always have everything figured out. Living a life with God, some things happen in our life that we look at and even through the trials, sometimes we don't see why towards the end or as we come through them, we begin to see and we begin to understand and we see why. But living a life of faith means that we don't always have everything figured out. Like, for example, when it comes to tithing, how does 90% blessed go further than 100% unblessed? How does 90% blessed go further than 100% Cursed. Can I tell you how? By faith. Yeah, yeah. By trusting in God. Because it does it every time. Because it releases God's supernatural to begin to work and step into my limited resources and my limited reliance. It releases a limitless God who's able to touch me and to change my finances. I think we can be reluctant to give. For two main reasons. Are you ready? Here's the two main reasons why we don't give. The first one is this. Because we have a selfish desire to keep everything for ourselves. Oh no, that's not true. Uh, Yes, it is true. Many times we have a selfish desire. Man, I've got to give that much. But man, I could buy a flat screen TV with that. Man, I could get that which I want. I, I could get this and that. Hey, you can have what you want, but you won't have God's blessing upon it. Did you hear that? God says you can have what you want, but if you want the blessing of God upon your life, He's very strategic, He's very direct with what releases that and brings that. So the first reason we don't give or reluctant is because of a selfish desire. And the second one is this, because of fear that we won't have enough left to meet our needs. that we want selfishly, and number two, there won't be enough. There won't be enough. Faith will have, and hopefully does have right now, such a positive impact on your life. Tithing is one of the most powerful steps of faith that we can take. Refuse to see tithing as a duty, but really as an opportunity. An opportunity to what? To take God at His word and to see Him work in our lives. I'm not a man, He says, that I should lie. Neither am I a man that I should have to repent. Why have I not said it, God says? So shall it not happen. God doesn't have to lie. He doesn't have to apologize for saying lies. He doesn't have to repent because He's not going to do or say anything wrong. But as we release God and realize it's an opportunity, faith-giving An opportunity for God to for me to take him at his word and to see him begin to work in my life. So, tithing requires faith. It takes faith when you're not promised more, it takes faith when God gives, Give me the first, and maybe nothing's promised after that. But I'm telling you, he responds to faith. But it's the best investment you can make for you, your future. And for your family. I know I'm covering a lot tonight. In just one night in November, we took over a month to cover the subject of thanks bringing. And we talked about tithing. We talked about giving. But even with over a month, we didn't even come close to exhausting the subject. We only scratched the surface. But I want to give you another couple of key pr- principles that I think is really going to help you tonight as we begin to wind this down. Are you ready? First First fruits. First fruits. The power of first. I want you to really listen to me right now. you ready? Tithing is much more than you just giving God his portion. Oh, but you just said it's about giving God his portion. It is, but it's more than that. Oh, I've got to give more money. No, no, I didn't say that. It's more than just you giving 10%, which many people can say, well, I owe God that, so man, I'll give that and I'll check it off the list. But I want you to see something today that tithing goes way beyond money. It's much deeper than money. Because the reason the Bible tells us to tithe is less about money and more about you honouring God. And being obedient to his word. And giving him the first place in your life. What's one of the hardest things for you to release in your life? Finance, money. That's why it's a test. That's why Jesus spoke so much about it because it's one of the biggest struggles that we have in our life. One of the greatest things that we want to hold on to is our finance and money. Most other things we'll willingly give them away. But when it comes to those things, we want to hold on to it. So the Bible is telling us really that the tithe is less about money and more about us honoring God with our finance and giving Him first place in our lives. Look what it says in Malachi 3 and verse 7. Before he talks about giving the tithe, what does he say to them? He says, What? He says, Return to me, and I will what? I will return to you. You've got to understand, when this passage was written, the people to whom it was written had turned away from God, they had wandered away from God. God wasn't their priority in their lives anymore. But what does God want? What do we see throughout the entirety of God's word? What kind of relationship does God want with us? A distant one? A casual one? God wants a close, intimate relationship. So what did he say to his people? He said, would you return to me? Come back close to me. He wants their hearts once again to be turned completely over to him. And why would he say that? Because our hearts and finances are so closely connected. Matthew 6 verse 21 says these words. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can I paraphrase that verse? How we handle our finances will be a reflection of our priorities and what's in your heart. Let me say that one more time. How we handle our finances. What is our treasure? That's where our heart will be. It will reflect the priorities and what is really in our hearts. So as we give with faith, guess what happens? It releases God's favor. It releases the favor and the blessing of God. I want to tell you something tonight. Favor isn't free. Favor doesn't just happen in your life. You don't just wake up and say, I'm favoured. That doesn't happen. Favour requires something from us. You you know what favour requires from you? Obedience and for you to seek God. Two things. If you look at favour in the Word of God, you'll see that there's obedience connected to it and the fact of really seeking after God, returning to God, coming back to God. So what really is obedience? Obedience is simply doing what we've been asked to do with a willing heart. Obedience demonstrates to God that we love Him and that we trust Him with our lives. And what is seeking God? Seeking God means that we pursue the things of God in our lives. We open open up our hearts completely to His leading and guidance. So therefore, obedience and seeking God, putting Him first, releases His favor into our lives. So many people want God's favor without the effort of obeying and seeking God. They just think, well, God can bless me because I'm a child of God. Yeah, you're a child of God. But God is also very particular and He's very strategic in what releases the favor in the financial realm realm upon your life. And that is through you tithing, through faith giving that which God requires that which is already his. I wonder how many of us give God our leftovers. If you were to have someone really important over for a meal, what would you do? You wouldn't go in your fridge and bring out all your leftovers and try and whip something together and say, well, hey, there's a piece of pizza from Sunday. There's a a pork chop from Monday. There's a hot dog from Saturday. You wouldn't do that. Why? Because this is someone who is of honor. This is someone that you love. This is a special meal for you. So what do you do? You get out the T-bone steaks. Come on. You get the best that you can possibly do. Why? Because you're putting on a meal for someone who is so important in our life. Isn't it sad that we say to God, we've already eaten at our table, but if you want something to eat, go to the refrigerator. There's some leftovers over there. Because that's how we treat God when we don't put him first. When we don't bring our first fruits. When we don't obey. We don't seek after him to be pleasing and to do his will. We take care of our needs and we take care of our wants. And then when it's time to give to God, God ends up getting what's left over at the end. If God is at the end of our priority list, how can we expect him to bless us? Come on, we're giving you truths tonight. Truths. Well, Pastor Philip, God knows my heart. Well, hey, if God really knows your heart, then He'll see that you're being stingy and you're not being given and you're not being honest. Oh, but God knows I want to give. God's not interested in your want. God's interested in your obedience to give. God's interested in your faith. It's faith that moves God, not want. It's faith that releases the favor of God. Of God. It's time that you rearrange your priorities so that God is first in your life. For some of you, that may mean no Starbucks every day. But if I've got a choice of Starbucks every day or giving God his portion, I'm telling you, I would much rather give God his portion because God's I'm gonna get a lot further in life with God than Starbucks. Some of us may need to budget a little bit, sacrifice, cut back some things. Because many times it's not a case that we can't afford to tithe. It's because we've preoccupied everything in our lives with everything else that's not important. And we've put God to the bottom and given Him the leftovers. Rearrange your priorities. I gave you all a card tonight. Grab that card. Everyone got a card? Grab me. Grab one peek. This is something that came out from Master Your Money by Ron Blue. If you know what it says, I want to read down the list if I could. This is how they say most people line up their money each and every month. This is the priorities that most people have when it comes to their money. Are you ready? Number one is they spend it. Number two, they pay their bills and their debts. Number three, they pay their taxes. Number four, they save and invest. And then number five... They give it. They give it. Really, the issue today is not so much what we do with our money, but it's in the order in which we do it. Because what you just read there is a me-first list. It's me having all my needs met first, and then if there's anything else left, then God gets at the end. I want you to do something right now. Are you ready? I want you to cross out all the numbers on the left side. And I want you to start at the bottom and I want you to write a big one beside give it, a two beside save and invest it, three, four, and five up to spend it. Because that's the way your finance needs to look in your life. God needs to be first. Everyone understand that? Instead of going one through five... It's five through one, if you want to put it that way. We go from the bottom up and we need to reprioritize. Maybe instead of writing the numbers, you need to rewrite beside that the priority. Put God up at the top and put the others beside that. Because Matthew 6 verse 33 is very clear. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. All things. All things. I want you to note as I begin to close, some people may say, well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to tithe, and then I'm just to expect God to bless all the mess after it. It's not a magic wand that it will fix everything. You've got to have discipline in your life. And how does that discipline come? The reason why I said God first and the favor of God, favor comes through obedience and seeking God. Here's what begins to happen. When your life's right with God, the way you handle your finances and money will change too. Because you'll begin to realize that's not honoring God. I'm not honoring God with that. That's not where God wants me to go. That's not what God wants me to do. So it's not just paying your tithes and then going out with everything else and paying your tithes and saying, now I'm going to go to the casino and I'm going to hit the jackpot because I paid my tithes. It doesn't work like that. What the favor of God is released through faith, but then also obedience and seeking God in your life. Some of you need to change your spending habits. You need to ask God to show you Too many people live in the fear that they can't afford to tithe, and the opposite is true. You cannot afford not to tithe. Putting God truly first is the only way to receive all that God has for your life. Because when God is first, we can be confident that He'll provide above and beyond what we could ever do on our own. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. And I'm not saying it won't require some sacrifice on your part, but what I am saying is this, that it will be worth it all because God's way is always the best way. Be consistent. Keep doing it. You can't tithe once and give up because you didn't see anything change in your finances you keep tithing, you keep putting God first, you keep being obedient, you keep seeking God by faith and watch as the favour of God and the windows of heaven are opened up and God's blessing will come. You've got to tithe faithfully if you want to see results. And your first step to financial freedom, worry-free finances, is to put God first and to tithe, tithe, tithe. It works, it works, it works. Anyone got any questions just quickly tonight? Let me just throw it out there. Anyone got a question? Anything that they'd like to ask just as we get ready to close? Anyone? If you've got any questions, just email them to us and we'll help you with those. Let's stand to our feet tonight as we get ready to close. I I pray tonight that you have learned. I think what every one of you needs to do is I think every one of you needs to fill out a CD request form at the end of tonight. They're on the table out there. You need to request a CD from tonight because there is no way that you were able to digest all this in one sitting. You need to regurgitate this and come back for some more. Come on, you need to chew the cud. Is that what they call it with a cow? You need to vomit it up and eat it again. You need to just regurgitate that. Let it go in your life and let it begin to work in your life. Let God show you. Let God show you things in your life. But we're really praying and believing. How many really believe in that God is going to change around your financial situation? This is a principle that works. We're going to hear from Mr. Dan next week about managing responsibly. And then from Pete, creating a generous spirit to be a giver above your tithe and to be a giver, and how that releases blessing into our life. But I'm telling you, these are principles that God says will bring freedom to your life. You shall know the truth. We've heard the truth tonight. We know it. But listen, that word knowing doesn't mean just to think it. That word means to actively live it, to put it into practice in our life. And as we practice the word of God... That's what sets us free and brings the freedom in our life. Just lift your hands right now. In the name of Jesus, we just pray for each and every person in this place. God, we pray for absolute financial miracles and blessings in their life. God, we pray for absolute freedom to come into people's lives right now. We thank you that, God, we shall know the truth. God, you've spelled out the truth of what we're to do. And as we do that, God, the promise is financial freedom. I pray that not one person would leave here today saying, I cannot do that. Because to say I cannot do that is rebellion against God's word. Because God is clear by saying, if you want my blessing, if you want my favor, here's where it comes. Because it's all God's. He just allows you to keep 90%. But as we release it by faith, come on, the favor of God. And we just pray, God, absolute blessing to be released as we live in obedience, as we seek you, God, with that which we have. God, it's not something we decide to give. You've already told us what it is. And God, I pray that we would bring the whole 10% into the storehouse, that there would be food in your house, that there would be blessing in our house, that you would meet our every need. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartsease Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.